Thank you for joining us on our Living Word Christian Center podcast. You're about to listen to one of our guest speakers. Open up your hearts and get ready to receive a word from the Lord. Pastor Will, amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Pastor. Thank you. God bless. I'd like to call my wife up. Uh, first of all, let me, uh, my name is Pastor Will from the Corcoran Outhouse and my wife here. We're very blessed to be here. Uh, we've never, I haven't been treated like this, you know, with the welcome and the, the hospitality. You guys do love the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I sense that I see that and I'm excited to be in the house of the Lord. You know why? Because I shouldn't be here. Is there anybody else that can say amen to that, that I, you shouldn't be here? But here we are by the grace of God. So I'd like to introduce my wife. She's got something to say. I am Pastora Malena, and um, it's an honor and blessing to be here. And at first, I want to thank God for getting us here safely, and I'd like to thank Ruben Rena, Pastor Ruben Rena, for inviting us. It's awesome worship, awesome fellowship, awesome church. It's awesome. <laughs> I, also from the, the Corcoran Lighthouse, in behalf of Cor- Corcoran Lighthouse, Living Word, and Pastor Steve, we'd like to thank you for just having us here today. Thank you. God bless. Thank you, God bless. Thank you so much, Mark. This is my honey. Uh, and we, we got a bunny at home. So uh, I call her Honey Bunny. And, and, you know, because, you know, how many you know that God is so good that he reminds us of where we once used to be? I remember there was a time uh, where I didn't have a home. And I was out on the streets. I was living in a van. Okay. That was my home. I was, it was a mobile van. You may be seated. And, and, and at the same time, I know that God was working in my life because let me, let me tell you something first of all. I, I thank the Lord that, that I'm here. I'm able to, to minister to, uh, to a, pre, a, a, how can I, a place that I can come and know that God is here and he has brought me here to this point. You know, the Lord didn't bring me this far just to bring me this far. Let me tell you why. I grew up in, I uh, was born in, uh, uh, in Mexico, in Tijuana, Baja California, and I was born in the Colonia Independencia. And it's a little colony, a little place in, in, in Tijuana where I was born. And I remember those days where um, my mom would always talk about uh, faith. Mijo, ten, you know, ten fe en el Señor. Have faith in God. How many of us had a mom that was always praying for you? But yet, at the same time, we never went to church. So I didn't know what church was. I didn't know uh, as far as, you know, what, what, she was, what she meant. Mijo, ten fe en Dios. Son, have faith in God. And so my response was, Okay, mom, uh, I don't know who God is, but I'm going to have faith in him. Why? Because my mom was very smart. She would take something and she would multiply it. And I would see that and i go, wow, how does she do that with just a little bit? And she was able to make all this. Have any of us ever gone to mom's house? And here, mom, here's some tortillas. And she gets those tortillas. And what does she do? She makes quesadillas. She makes, you know, the, the frijoles refritos. You know, they, can, they multiply it. Okay? And so, so here I am. So I would listen to mom. And so on the way to school, mom would always say, uh, we would walk to school together. All my, one of my brothers and sisters, there were six of us, we'd walk to school and my mom would say, I was the very first one that got dropped off. So then she would say, stay there until you, because we was the first one to get dropped off, the first one to come back home. So she would say, wait for your family, wait for the brothers and sisters and come back together. So okay, mom, we'll do that. So every day I was faithful. When my class was over, I would stand outside the door and I would just stand there and I would just look and I would just look. I did that every day until one day. Somebody say one day. one day. The Lord talked to me and he said, come here, mijo. And so there I am and I, go, and I hear his voice. And so I start walking across the street and I don't know why. All I know is that I was drawn 
to this place. And as I walk into this place and I open the doors and I saw this long aisle. And at the very long end of the aisle, I saw this table. And then I saw this cross. I didn't know what it was, but it was kind of like hanging up there. And then I stopped and I looked to my left and there was an archway right there. And so, of course, you know, I, I went in there in this archway. And when I looked up and I saw, guess who I met? I met Jesus on the cross. I didn't know who Jesus was. I didn't know what a cross looked like. I didn't know any of that. All I know is that I saw a man hanging on a cross. He had nails through his hand, through his feet, and he had this thing on his head, and he was bleeding, and he had this look. Okay? There was just, how can I put it? it? It wasn't really what was done in reality, but it was just a picture of what he went through. Of course, you know, it was a Catholic church. But when I saw that, guess what happened first? The first thing that came to me was fear. I was afraid. What happened? What did this man do? Who, you know, who did this? Why, why is he hanging there? And I was, I was kind of like trembling. I was like, I never seen anything like that. As a little boy, I was only about maybe five or six years old. Okay, I was very little, very young. Of course, I'm still little, but. <laughs> and at the same time, when that took place, after I got scared, I got sad. Because I saw what he was, the pain that he was going through. I saw that he was looking at me with his face just, you know, and he's hanging there. I mean, I'm having intimacy. I don't know that, but I'm having intimacy. And then I'm, 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 I'm sad. Why? Who? What, what did he do that, that, that he deserved this? And I saw the nails in his hand. And I remember that when we were in TJ, we didn't have any, any shoes sometimes. We were playing, and I would step on a nail. And, oh, has anybody ever stepped on a nail? <laughs> you know what it feels like, right? Just one nail. And so when I saw that, that nail pain came to mind, but it wasn't anything compared to what I was looking at. And when I saw, went through those two stages, the third one, I got angry. Uh, who did this? Where is he? I'll get this guy. I'm going to get him. He's in trouble now. I'm going to, you know, because I was used to fighting every day. I, I wasn't a troublemaker. My mom taught me well. She goes, you're not going to start any fights, but if you have to defend yourself, do it. When she gave me the okay to do it, guess what? I did it. And I did it with joy because I was more afraid of her than anything that I had to face those days. So what happened then is that I, I fell down to my knees. I won't do it now because I can't get up. But I fell down to my knees and I started to pray. And this is what but the, the prayer that came out. God, Dios, because I was in Spanish, God, I don't want this to happen to my mom. I don't want this to happen to my brothers. Whatever this is, I don't want this to happen to. I started to pray for my family, okay? I started to lift them up. Never did I pray for me. That's something sometimes that, you know, we don't realize because sometimes we just want to pray, Lord, bless me. Lord, me, 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 me. How many of us have done that before? You know, and don't be afraid. It, it's okay. I've done it. And so I fell and I started to pray that. And then something happened that I, don't, I didn't understand, but I started to talk weird. Okay? It was weird. And, and I thought I was losing it. Here I am going through this, 
And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm speaking kind of weird, you know. And, and so I get up and I turn around, and there's a couple there, and they're looking at me, and they're going, Mira este niño, he's praying, he's está orando, wow, you know. They were, and I just looked at him, and I walked out, and I went and I stood back in, in front of the, my, my classroom, and I waited for my brothers and sisters, and I couldn't wait to tell them, Look what I just experienced, look what just happened to me. But the Lord says, No, mijo, this is only between me and you. And I was like, oh, but I wanted to tell them so bad what I had experienced. And so I just stood there. They came. We, went, we walked home together. And I never said anything because how many know that when the Lord says, don't do something, don't do it. Okay? But as a youngster, of course, when you're young as a child, you know, uh, you're not going to be thinking crazy things. You know, all I heard was don't share. And I did. And so I kept that to myself. But ever since that day, my life has never been the same. God came into my life, and he got a hold of me. Has God come into your life and got a hold of you? Because that's what it's all about, God getting a hold of somebody. I'm speaking to somebody. I don't know who it is, but I'm speaking to somebody because God gave me this message because, you know, he said, this is what you're going to preach on. You know, the, 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 this year, we're looking at, are you ready? Are you ready? So how are we going to get ready, not only for us, but remember, others. We got to think of others. So in order for, for others to be saved, we need to be there. We need to stand firm in the things of God and not be thrown from one place to the other. And so we need to, there's some things that we need to repent from. There's some things that we still need to repent from. I don't know who I'm talking to or I'm preaching to this, this day, but I know that there's somebody here saying, I want to repent. I need to repent, but this, I just don't know. I don't want to be ashamed. I don't want to, you know, let's put that aside right now. Repentance is what the Lord Jesus Christ commands us to do. In the book of Matthew, chapter 4, verse 17, we're going to look at that in, a, in here in just a little bit. But at the same time, I know that some of us here need to hear this word today because the Lord has placed it in my heart, placed it deep in my heart. And this is something that God, God, God said, somebody there is going to need you. You're going to speak to someone there because somebody needs to hear this word. And I'll tell you why before I read this word. One time I, I winded up in jail. Has anybody ever winded up in jail? <laughs> I winded up in jail and, uh, you know, I'm, in a, I'm, in a, I'm going to church. I'm praising God. And I'm like, Lord, wherever you send me, I'll praise. I'll, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a witness. I, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I was like, yes, you know, because I was in a worship team. And we would go different places and people would come to know the Lord. Yes, Lord, I want to be this. I wanna, I, I'm going to boom. So next thing I know is that I, I am in a, in a cop car headed to jail. And I'm, but Lord, you said that, you know, I, I was going to praise you, you know, this is, not, this is not what I had in mind. How many know that sometimes what we have in mind is not what God has in mind? Okay, so then I wind that, I wind that up in jail, and I wind that up in this one cold room, and it was during the summer, so I'm wearing just my shorts and a tank top and slippers. And it's ice cold in there. They got the, they got the, the, the AC on, and it's blowing, and I'm freezing. And it's 110 degrees outside, but it's freezing inside the, the jail. They're already working on you. Okay, this is what you're going to get. We're going to sober you up. So then I'm standing there, but Lord, you said that I was going to be, you know, in these stadiums with thousands of people. And yeah, everybody's going to come to know the Lord. And we we're going to have an awesome time. But it didn't happen. And then the Lord says, well, you said that you would praise me anywhere. What about now? And I was convicted. Conviction is something that we all need. Because if we don't have conviction, then we're in trouble. So think about where you're at right now. If, if you're being convicted about something right now, 
think about it. God is touching your heart for, for a reason because he loves you and he wants to save you from something, okay? So just take, take heart in this. Take heart in it because God is good. So I, so I said, okay, Lord. So he goes, you see that man over there standing in the dark corner? I looked. He goes, yes, Lord. You go over there and talk to him. But Lord, just go over there. So I walk over there and he's in the corner. And I go, excuse me? And he looked at me and goes, but the Lord put in my heart to tell you that everything is going to be okay and you don't have nothing to worry about. He goes, so stop whatever you think you're doing. Stop doing Don't think it anymore. And guess what he does? He looked at me and he goes, and he, he goes like this. And I look, uh-oh. And he grabs me, boom. And he lifts me up. Thank you. Thank you. He goes, I was just praying God, if you're real, send somebody right now because I'm going to kill myself. Oh, Lord. And I walked up to him and I did. And he hugged me. And he didn't want. He was crying. I was crying. Because the Lord said, do this. I did it. And somebody came to know him. Somebody came to know that he's real. That's how he's going to work in your life. And so after that, that was the only time that I got called in. And that was the last time I heard from him. But I know that I know that I know that God has a purpose for this man, and he's already doing it right now. And so as we go to book, in the back, book of Matthew 4.17, it reads like this. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And let's go to also to Mark 2.17. Mark 2.17. When Jesus heard, heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I do not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Let's pray. Father God, I pray right now that for the next few moments, Lord God, that you would help me to speak what you have placed in my heart. Lord, that our hearts be open, hungry, and attentive to your word here today. That your word find lodging in our hearts. Be fruitful within us. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, and God's people said, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Has anybody ready to repent? Yes. Because guess what? If you're not ready, how are we going to get others to be ready? So we got to look deep inside. We, we, we need to allow the Lord to, you know, to check those areas in our hearts and our lives that we have been hiding or holding on to. There's some things that, that, that are there that you don't even know about. They're right there. In other words, if there's something in there and it's dark, guess what? The enemy has a right to be there. Oh, come on, somebody. You're giving him the right to be there. You know, when, when, when the, in that parable where the Lord uh, cleans out this man, you know, he, he, all the demons come out of him. He leaves. But, you know, and he's clean, and the demons leave, but they come back, and they find it empty and clean and in order. And so what happens? They, he brings more with him. And so the first state, the last state that he was in is worse now than the first state. So some, there's danger there. There's a red flag there that sometimes we don't see it, but we fall asleep on the job. Have you ever fell asleep on the job? What happens when you fall asleep on the job? It doesn't go well for you, does it? It does not go well for you. And so what is Repentance. What do you think repentance means? I mean, I know that we've been taught that repentance is knowing that we are sinners, that we are no good, and that we are nothing without the forgiveness of God. Amen? Okay, so that's awesome. That's great. There's no wrong answer to what repentance is. But at the same time, repentance is to change the way you think. Okay? And in the Greek, it tells us repent is to change the way you think. So in other words, 
the way you used to think, where did it get you? Dead end street, right? So I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. The way you think got you in a dead end street. But if you start thinking the way God thinks, now come on somebody, we need to make that U-turn or the, three, the 180, we need to make that turning. So it's instead of, another way to look at it is repentance is turning from going your way to going God's way. Amen. Going God's way. And how do we do that? Well, we got to humble ourselves. We come before the Lord knowing that we are sinners, knowing that we need forgiveness. And only in Christ can we find that forgiveness. I remember when my mom would tell me those things in Jesus. And, you know, in other words, uh, believe, 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 have faith, have faith, have faith. Trust me, trust me. And it, those things uh, keep going in my spirit and they keep leading me on because there's areas in my life that I still need to repent from. Sometimes we don't even know it until we, we don't, we, we're so used to doing them all the time. That we didn't even know we're doing them. That's why that word says that the enemy is very crafty. He doesn't do it all of a sudden. He works a little bit at a time, just a little bit at a time, a little bit. Next thing you know is that we're speaking death instead of life. And there's people around you that are saying, and you go to church? I don't want to go to church. I don't want to know that God that you serve because look at the way you're acting. Look at the things that you're saying. Something to think about, church. In other words, that's where conviction comes in. If you find that in your heart that that's actually happening to you, and it is, then this is where you need to humble yourself and put everything aside and come before the Lord because you got be, to be clear. You got to be honest with God. So our way didn't get us anywhere. So come on, you know what? The Lord saved you and here you are today. Here we are as a family. Come on, give, give the Lord a praise because he is worthy of our praises. That's what the word says. And so when the Lord set me aside, once he sets you aside, God does not reverse it. Once it says, my word's going to go out and it's not going to come by, come by void, you have, I have chosen you, you're mine. Amen. Okay, you're mine. And, it, and let me compare it to, well, uh, what, how, how can I put it? As a musician, okay, as a musician, you can be playing music and everybody's, you know, in the pocket. Everybody's in the pocket, okay? So everybody's in the pocket. And then, it, and then they call for a piano solo. And you call it for a piano solo. And so everybody's still in the pocket, but here the piano player goes out, and he starts doing his thing. He's doing it over here, and everybody's still on the same, you know. But then he's over here, and he's going crazy, and he's doing this. And then he comes back, and boom, he just sounds again. So when you're ministering, it's the same way. You have a family. And you get to go out and minister, but you're grounded to that family. You're grounded into that pocket. You're not going anywhere, okay? You may be running or whatever, and you're telling people about the Lord, about salvation, about Jesus, how good he has been in your life. But you get to come back, and you get to be refilled again. That's why we gather. That's why we gather here tonight. Because this is Thursday night, and we're serving the most high God. We're giving, you know, we're giving our best to the Lord. The word says, you know, to just to, everything that has breath, what? Praise the Lord. And so repentance is something that the Lord has put in my heart. This is something that we need to, sometimes we think, well, I've already repented. I've already been saved. My name's already written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's great. That's awesome. Give yourselves a hand. Come on. Yeah, you know. And at the same time, the enemy can lure you to sleep sometimes because the word says, work out your salvation. Okay? It's about a working out. Okay? It's like, for example, you want to grow muscles, what do you got to do? You got to work out, right? You got to lift up weights. Okay, so it's, it's the same thing. If you want to grow in the Lord, we need to get fed. We need to eat, okay? We need to eat. 
There's a, a scripture that I love, and, and I don't have it in my notes, but it, it's in my, in my heart when I've read that. And it's in the book of John, chapter 6, verse 63. Jesus is talking about the flesh. He says, the flesh profits nothing. I read that, and then he says, but the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. And I read that, and I was going to go to the next verse, and I go, wait a minute, wait a minute. It breaks. And I came back. What did I just read? The words that I speak to you, he's speaking. God is speaking. This is a word that's alive, church. This word is alive, and it goes down deep, and it hurts going in, and it hurts coming out. But guess what? You're much, you're much more knowledgeable in the things of God. And he says, yes, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit. Why? Because we are spirit beings. Yes or no? When the Lord, when the Lord created the mud, made the mud, what did he do? He blew his breath through the nostrils. He brewed his spirit in you. And guess what? You became a living being. It's a spirit over this body. We're not a body within a spirit. It's a spirit first and then the body. Okay? Because this body right here, I thank God that it's temporary. <laughs> thank God that it's temporary because it hurts. Okay? It hurts. It's not what it used to be. And so I thank the Lord for that. And, and as I continue to, to let you know what's going on, it brings me to this. Okay? Uh, the Lord has put in my heart to bring something to this, this time in our lives where we are with him. Because remember, I come from a little town named Corcoran. The atmosphere there is just a little bit different because, you know, the, ge the ge geographics of that is that there's spiritual warfare there. Just like you have spiritual warfare here. Okay? And we have a general. Hello, somebody. We have a general who stands with a sword and he's pointing. That's, we're going to take that town. We're going to take that town. Okay, so there's a spiritual warfare going on, uh, church. But at the same time, we know whose we are. We know that with God, all things are possible, especially when you do an outreach in an area where it's infested with demons. I know, I live there. <laughs> but at the same time, I know whose I am. He has set us, he has set you apart. And not only has he set you apart, your family. See, when we come to know the Lord, not only are we affected, but it affects our family too. Amen. Amen. God is good. God is good. Let's go to Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. This is very interesting what, what, uh, what the Lord was showing me in, uh, uh, in, in this verse, in, in this text of Scripture, where I did a little bit more research as far as the first verse, 31 says, that were present at that season... Some who told him, Jesus, about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. Check this out now. When I read that, I go, wait a minute, what's, what's all this about? What's, what's going on here? What is this about that Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices? Well, I did a little, little bit of research, and what's going on here is that you have a, a, a certain Jews that got together, okay, and that they were rebelling against the Romans. They were rebelling. But they were Jews, and they were worshipers. And said, so, oh, okay. So as they were worshiping, you know, in the synagogue and doing the sacrifices, and, and, uh, uh, and Pilate found out what he would send his soldiers, those are the ones that are causing trouble. Take them out. So they would go, and as they were worshiping, they were killed at that very moment. And so that's where this verse comes in. Whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. So be careful. See, sometimes we could be doing something to the Lord, but if we have the wrong intentions... And we're out of bounds, he's not going to accept them. Okay, he's not going to accept them. So be very careful in, 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 in how you live your life. Because if you're living outside the word, come on somebody, we're a living word. 
if you're living outside living word, you're not going to grow. It's plain and simple. And so we need to repent. We need to repent that I'm not in the word. How many of us know that the Lord gives us 24 hours in one day? In one day, 24 hours. 10% of that belongs to the Lord. Talk about tithings. 10% belongs to God. Why? Because it's all his. Even the time, the time that he's given us, it's a commodity. We learn, we got to learn how to use our time wisely for the kingdom of God to grow. Because Jesus says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. See, you live in a kingdom. We're from a kingdom, okay? We live in a kingdom. And, and, it, and that's the, the country is called heaven, okay? But he says right here, uh, uh, do you suppose that, it's, and this is verse 2. And Jesus answered and said to them, do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered such things as the ones that were killed? And then Jesus says in verse 3, I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. If we don't repent, repentance is something that the Lord expects us to do. He commands us to do it. Repent. He says, he's, he's not suggesting it. He's telling you, repent for the kingdom of heaven. In other words, in order for us to enter into the kingdom of God, we need to be repenting of everything, not just, the, not, not just our past. Even now that we're saved, we're doing things that are not pleasing to God. Amen, church? Come on, let's be honest. Let's be real. Let's be real. Sometimes we think things that we shouldn't be thinking. Sometimes we see things on our Facebook that we shouldn't be looking at. And if we're not repenting from that, Lord, forgive me. If you don't have that conscience telling you that's wrong, you shouldn't be doing that. You need to look the other way. You need to abolish that. You need to get into the things of God. Then that's what we need to be doing, church. We need to be doing that. Because if we're not doing that, then we're just kidding ourselves. And we, how many of you know we cannot mock God? We cannot mock God. And so verse, uh, uh, verse 4 says, Or those 18 on whom the tower of Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse sinners than all other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? Five says, I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Unless you repent, you're going to perish. See, Jesus is giving us a warning here. If you're not right with the Lord, and this is one of the prayers that my pastor Steve would say, I just want to be right with God. When it's all said and done, I just want to be right with God. And so I learned that from him. He mentored me. He goes, Will, there's going to be some things, some days that you're going to do stuff that you shouldn't be doing it. But you got to, you know, the Holy Spirit has to act to be active in you to let you know that's wrong. Be convicted. And so he would always pray, Lord, give me a double portion of conviction. He goes, don't bless me, just convict me. Amen. See, conviction is a tool that God uses for us to walk the line so that we can be ready, so we can get others ready. Amen, Amen church? Come on. Amen. God is a good God. God is a good God. And so, and so how can we get others ready if we're not there? See, the word of God has to affect me before I can be, no, let, me, let me put it this way. It has to affect me before I can be effective. Amen. If the word of God is not affecting you, then you're not being effective. Amen. So out of, the, out of the 10% for the 24 hours of that time that you're, spend, that you're not spending with God, or you're supposed to be, it's two, point, two hours and 40 minutes a day. Okay? Now, when the Lord brought that to my attention, I go, wow, two hours and 40 minutes. Okay, now, sometimes we can pray, and what do we pray? Thank you, Lord, for this food. Amen. <laughs> and we're done. And then we're going to ask, thank you, Lord, for this food, and we're done. Okay, I prayed. Oh, let me pray the third time, because Daniel prayed three times a day. We got to remember that two hours and 40 minutes, bottom line, belongs to God. And, if, and this is just something that the Lord placed in my heart to remind us, us, because he reminded me. How much of those two hours and 40 minutes are you spending in my word? 
Never mind the Facebook, because we spend a lot. How much time do we spend on Facebook? How many of us are guilty of that? We're guilty of spending too much time on Facebook, but we're not reading the Word of God. We're not, we're not encouraging others. And so if you're here today and this Word is affecting you, God wants to make you effective. So don't be afraid. V- validate that. You know, bring it in. Embrace it. Just like that guy embraced me. Oh, Lord, thank you because you've answered my prayer right there and then. He got his answer right there and then. How many of us want to get the answer from God right there and then? But there are times that we don't get that answer. And why? Because God will test us if we're going to remain faithful to him. And so he's saying, repent or you're going to perish. And remember, God does not want no one to perish. That's why he sent Jesus. When I saw him on the cross, and then I learned that why he was there and who he was. And I go, wow. Because what happened was one of my boys, his name is Andres. He bought me a, a, a Bible for Christmas back in 1996, my very first Bible. I never read, read the Bible in my whole life. I just heard what my mom would say or what people would say or when I went to the Catholic you know, church and whatever the priest would say, he would read you know, something according to this, and then, and then he'd go off on something else, and he never really talked about the Word. But when I started to read the Word of God, this Word right here, church, when I started to read it, it convicted me. It brought conviction because I could see myself in these pages. I could see that I was wrong and that he was making me right. There's nothing that I can do, nothing that you can do. But the cross, when Jesus went to the cross, he made it available for us to have a new opportunity. Come on, give God praise because he's giving you a new chance. We're not even supposed to be here, but God is so good. God is so good. And so... He said he doesn't want no one, no one to perish, okay? No one to perish. And so he sent his son, his only begotten son, so that we can have that opportunity to enter into the kingdom of God. Because remember, the Bible teaches us that there is a king, a kingdom, and the royal family. Yes, sir. Guess who the royal family is? Come on, somebody. Give God some praise. Give God some praise. Because we are the royal family. Okay. And also, the word says... That we are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? Okay. So if we're ambassadors, what does an ambassador do? He represents his country. Right? He represents his country the way it's supposed to be uh, represented constitutionally wise. So our Bible is our constitution. Okay? And we are the ambassadors of Jesus Christ. Somos embajadores. Okay? And... and so when we minister about the Word of God, when the Lord puts me here behind this pulpit, I need to know and I need to make sure that what I'm telling you is God's truth, His Word. And so, of course, it takes more study, it takes more time, more intimacy in being in the presence of God because we don't understand, but the Spirit does. The Spirit will take what you consume and He'll bring it out through here. So when, when we consume this into our heart, guess what? The old garbage is being pewed out. It's being pewed out. So what are we waiting for? Why don't we spend more time in the Word of God? Because when we spend time in the Word of God, we form a unity. We're all in the same mind and in one accord. And what happens when you're in one mind and one accord? What happened in the upper room? Everybody was in one mind and in one accord. And I'll tell you what, the Spirit came in. 
came in and like a whirlwind and it stirred up and everybody's like, wow, they're on fire. And the doves came and the fire came and, and guess what happened? They started to speak in tongues and that's what I was telling you. When I was praying there and I started, I got up and I was praying, and I'm thinking, wow, I'm going crazy. What is wrong with me? But the Lord was transitioning me from who I was to who he wants me to be. God is putting us in transition for us to be ready so that we can help others to be ready. Remember, it's about others to lift them up, to, you know, to have them, to esteem them higher than ourselves. See, that's, being, that's having the servant, the, the heart of a servant. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served. Come on. He's the king of kings, the Lord of lords. He created everything. We should have just been serving him. But no, no, no. What did he do? He humbled himself. He girded himself after the, in the supper. What did he do? He girded himself and went around and he washed the disciples' feet. The disciples, back in those days, the washing of feet was the lowest of the lowest of the lowest. But yet the king of kings, come on somebody, the king of kings. He girded himself and he washed their feet. Even the one that betrayed him. He loved him. So what does that tell us? What does that part tell us? How are we supposed to respond to those that want to betray us? He loved them. He loved them. Sometimes the Lord will give you time to repent. He does. He gives you time to repent. And if we miss it, oh, you're going to have to go around the mountain again. So you don't want to miss it, church. You don't want to miss it. So how, how are we going to do this, Brother Will? We're going to repent. We're going to ask God, Lord God, whatever it is. I repent right now. Whatever it may be, whatever you have, you're having an issue or struggling, wherever it's at, repent right now, today. Repent. Give it to the Lord. Because you know what? When, if you don't repent, the enemy has, a, has an opportunity to be there because darkness is where he belongs. And if there's any darkness in you, guess where he's at? He's right there. We have allowed him permission to come in because he is darkness. He's a liar. And if truth lives in you, there's no room for lies. Come on, somebody. There's no room for lies. And how do we get there? We study. We have intimacy. We have devotions. We have prayer time. This is where the Lord says, but without faith, it is impossible to please me. This is Hebrews eleven six. 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. Without faith. In other words, faith takes, you know, to the point where it's like, I need to repent. That's having faith in God because you know what? He's the one that directs us. He's the one that guides. He's the one that provides everything that we have. Pastor Danny just quoted right now in, uh, in, uh, in the book of Matthew 6.33, where it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. When you're seeking first the kingdom of God, guess what? Everything you need is going to be added on. Seeking first the kingdom of God means that we need to be right with God. And there's something wrong inside. We need to repent from it. Guess what, church? It's time to repent. It's time to repent. Don't hold it off any longer. Like I said, you know, this the Lord put in my heart. This is what you're going to, this is the word that you're going to give, repentance. Because Jesus came and he came commanding, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And what happens when we repent and we're right with God? Now the Lord says, okay, now offer yourself as a living sacrifice. You're going to serve me. How many of us want to serve God? Why? Because he saved you. He brought you out of the pit that we were in. Because you shouldn't be here. There's some of us that shouldn't be here. But he took you out and he placed your feet upon the rock, Jesus Christ. And he said, come on, you know, now you're steady. Now there's no moving around back and forth. You're stable. You're planted. You're rooted. You're rooted in the Lord. And now steadfast. Stand and stand steadfast. Oh, come on, somebody. And so when we're there, now we have an opportunity. We have the opportunity to praise God. 
we have an opportunity to let people know, hey, what are you going through? Well, Brother Pastor Will, this is what I'm going through. You know what? Let me tell you about, about a man named Jesus. When he came into my life, when I saw him on a cross, I didn't know who he was, but I know who he is now. Let me share him with you. Have you shared anybody with anybody have you, on a daily basis? Just one person. All you got to do is talk to one person every day of your life. God gives you an opportunity. You wake up today. That's an opportunity for you to tell somebody about Christ. It's less of me and more of him in my life. And that's how we attain that entrance into the kingdom of God. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Come on, step this way because you've, you've done it all. And the last part, part that I want to read is the parable of the barren fig tree. So he says in, in 13, 6, he also spoke this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper of his vineyard, look, for three years I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why does it even use up the ground? Cut it up. But he answered and said to him, sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, come on, somebody. If it bears fruit, well, but if not, after that, you can cut it down. So if you're not bearing fruit, if somebody's not coming to know the Lord because you know the Lord, are you ready to get somebody else ready? If you're there right now and you haven't had that opportunity to minister to somebody about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because he went to that cross for you and I. He went to that for the world and there's so much there, the love that's there should convict us to tell people. Because we know, apart from Christ, where they're headed. We know where they're headed. And we know that we don't want our children's children to go there. We don't want their children's children to go there. We want everybody. He wants everybody to come into the kingdom of God. And so if you're in an area of your life where you know that you need repentance. There's something there, you know, and, and it's nothing to be ashamed of because we've all been guilty of sin of something. And Jesus is so loving. Even when they brought the woman at his feet that got caught in adultery, what did he say? Neither do I condemn you. I'm not going to condemn you. He was, but go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. And so we are to live a life of righteousness in the Lord, and we can now through the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, I must leave so he can come. He's your helper. He's the one who's going to show you all things. Are you allowing that to take place in your life? It's in your heart. God is looking at your heart. We can't mock God. God sees our hearts. He knows exactly where each one of us is, where we're at in our lives today. It's not about yesterday or tomorrow. It's right now. The faith that we have right now in Christ. Do we love the Lord Jesus Christ? Do we really love him? Because the word says that the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. Above that, if you're not doing that, you can't love your neighbor as yourself. Because it's not going to be agape love. It's not going to be love unconditionally. And so we must be there. And when you repent, and there's something there, and it's gone, and the enemy's gone, and you are free. Now you are free. You, are, you have been liberated. You have been set free. Oh, come on, somebody. You have been set free to do God's will and his purpose. And guess what? He has a purpose already destined for you. And not only for you, but those that you're going to help to get ready when Jesus comes back. Because he's coming back. And he's already, he's, if you see what's going on around us, 
If you're reading your word, Jesus is already here. He's already here, okay? So there's no more waste, time to waste because, like I said, time is a commodity. We can't afford to lose any more time. We're, we're actually living on borrowed time. Are you living on borrowed time? Because if you are, it's time to get busy. It's time to get busy for the Lord. It's time to let somebody know, hey, you know what? It's not too late. There is hope. And his name is Jesus. And then as you live your life and they start to look at you and they start to, wow, you know what? I like that. I like the way they, I like the way they speak. They, oh, they're worshiping. Oh, look at the songs. Man, they're lifting you up. It's a different atmosphere. They're going to want what you, what you have. They're going to want it. Why? Because it's already affected you. And now it's time to affect them in a way. It's affecting them. So if you're here tonight and there's something there that the Lord is telling you, repent from. There's something there, whatever it may be. I know, and I know that this is for somebody because the Lord put this in my heart. Because I had a totally different message that I was going to do, that I. But the Lord says, no, 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 that one's for later. Not the right time. God works in timing. His timing is perfect. And so the timing right now is for you right now to repent because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to come to the altar. I'm going to ask you to come to the altar. I'm going to pray with you.